Hello, and welcome to The Tasting Room. The Tasting Room. I'm John, he's Austin. Um, so this is our maiden voyage yeah. for The Tasting Room. Yeah. We brought things to taste. We have some bourbon, and yeah. we have some beer. Yeah. Uh, a lot of Cabin Boys beer. Why would we have Cabin Boys beer, Austin? Uh, so I am the CEO and master brewer of Cabin Boys. There it is. Co-founder. <laughs> I am not the master distiller of Dry Fly, but... <laughs> But I thought, uh, you know, for our maiden voyage, uh, it, it'd be appropriate to bring my own stuff so that we could have a good time. Yeah, absolutely. And we will have a good time on this podcast, video cast, vlog. We got to come up with a term for it because yeah. it's both. It's all the above. We, we still haven't decided. No, we haven't. <laughs> we're, we're early on in the creative process. Um, but we will have a lot of fun. We will, as the name implies, tasting room, not just beer, bourbon, but maybe other liquors, food for sure. Yep. Um, I thought about making a charcuterie board. Oh, that would have been How nice. How about that for, I said the fancy word right the first yeah, time. Yeah, charcuterie board. <laughs> right. That would have been a great breakfast. I haven't had breakfast yet. I really haven't either. I had a, you know those granola bars? I'm going to sidetrack for a second. The uh, oats and honey, like crispy Nature Valley granola. Oh, yeah. Is there a way to eat that without it getting everywhere? No, there's okay. not. They, they specifically designed yeah. that to make a mess. I thought it was just me. But no, it's good. Uh, it's I good think to that know. That's everyone. Good to know. Good to know. Yeah, but uh, I, our our thoughts on this podcast were to structure a way to give a voice to uh, Tulsa's community and kind of tell that story, and also bring in people to be able to uh, for us to learn, uh, learn from, and uh, give uh, give a great definition of why Tulsa's so awesome. Yeah. That's, that's a great synopsis of, of kind of why we're here. And, you know, ultimately I see it as something that could expand beyond Tulsa as well. Oh, yeah, you know? absolutely. I mean, there's really cool things going on in Oklahoma City. And even just if you take the region, right, right. you have cool things in Bentonville and Fayetteville. You have really cool things in Kansas City, obviously Wichita. So, I mean, there's there's no limit to how far our wings could spread. Exactly. You know, it's, uh, it's going to be a lot of fun. So the way we're going to do this one, so we will have guests like we're talking about um, – starting with the next episode. We'll just call this one an episode zero, just to get to know your two co-hosts. Um, you know, if you watched local news in this area, you might have seen my ugly face before. But uh, I don't know how many times you've been. I mean, you, Tom Gilbert will come over and you'll do some, yeah, some yeah. videos. And we've, we've been fortunate enough to have uh, Tom Gilbert is so nice. Uh, he, he's interviewed me, oh gosh, more than 20 different times. Uh, and a few times on the the telly on the telly <laughs> <laughs> so uh, but that that's actually one really cool uh, uh one really cool thing that Tulsa really does well is you know we are we're a pretty small brewery in relativity to the entire industry yeah get a sniff of that oh that's awesome um and Tulsa really has uh, a heart for uh its local uh, small businesses and loves to tell their story, but the only reason that uh, Tulsa gets that voice is because of everyone who lives here. Yeah, because they're so bought into what's happening, what's being developed, uh, and so it's it's a it's a really cool uh, neighborhood to be a part of. You know, it's Tulsa in general is just it's it's really surprised me might not be the right term, but you know, I, I went to University of Oklahoma, grew up in Dallas. And so my dad was living here while I was in college. And so I would come up for summers or for long weekends or whatever. But 
I was of college age, and so I was used to college bars and all that stuff. So I didn't really, when I came here, it wasn't to experience Tulsa. It was just to get away for like a slow weekend with dad sure. and stepmom and whatever, you know. Throw and the so, yeah, right. Yeah. In the backyard, catch dad. Um, and so when I moved here in 2011 to take a job at Channel 8, I didn't really, I knew what to expect, but I didn't know what to expect because he lived down south. He lived like, I think Highland Park neighborhood in between 71st and 81st and Mingo. So he was down there in the, my least favorite part of Tulsa. Right. Like I hate the traffic down there. I, no offense if you live down there, like I'm not throwing stones at you, but like, I just hate that part of Tulsa. I, I avoid it at that's, all costs. That's fair. Um, and so when I moved here, I was like, oh, well, I'm not living there. Right. And so I lived the furthest south, south I've lived is 41st in Peoria. Oh, wow. I haven't gone past that. So now I, I have a house on 15th in between Lewis and Harvard. But just seeing, you know, I moved away to Denver for a couple years in between there, 2018, 2019. But seeing the, just the growth in that limited amount of time in the mm -hmm. 10, 11 years that I've been here, I, I can't oh, even goodness. quantify yeah, what's the, happened here. The, yeah. the change in, uh, of, the, of, of Tulsa within that time frame is astronomical. Mm -hmm. It is wild. So I'm... I'm born and raised Tulsa. Uh, I have lived many different places, but I always gravitate to come back to Tulsa. And now I'm pretty much here to stay because yeah. I own a business here now. Right. So I, I can't really choose to go anywhere else. Uh, it's just really nice that Tulsa is so uh, uh, focused on everyone's craft. And that's, <clears throat> that's something that we want to talk about um, on this podcast, video cast whatever we're going to call <laughs> there this. There it is again. We need uh, a name. We need a name. Um, yeah. But uh, our music scene is incredible. It is. Our yeah. food scene is incredible. And our liquid scene is incredible. <laughs> I don't know why that made me growing. laugh, but our liquid scene. <laughs> well, I mean, like, we're going to be talking about uh, wine, bourbon, mm -hmm. whiskey, uh, beer. Speaking of, let's take a sip. So yeah. my, my uh, bourbon group, Spirits of Legend, they picked out this barrel from this company up in Washington. I think it's Spokane, Washington, Dry Fly. Um, coming in at a cool 133.5 proof. Woo! So, and ladies and gentlemen, it is 10.30 a.m., so this might get a little <laughs> weird. <laughs> might get a little wonky in here. Let's take a sip of this one. The dangerous part of that is it doesn't taste at all. Whoa. Like it's that hot. No, that that's really incredible. Yeah, that's going to be trouble. Proof, yeah. And you still get that cherry vanilla, uh, woody characters and everything that they want to represent around what's going on inside that barrel that they're aging it in, and impressively so. Mm -hmm. It doesn't burn your throat. At all. That's an amazing. It's trouble. It's dangerous. <laughs> that is that. It's dangerous. Yeah. So we started with this because we're going to take a break. Um because we didn't bring glasses for the beer. Or we can drink it out of the can. We'll decide that. Um, as I said that, I remembered we actually talked about drinking it out of the can, <laughs> but I forgot, and I already said we were going to take a break. So let's take a break. We'll yep. keep sipping on this. We'll come back. We'll talk about your beer. We have a six-pack of questions. Normally, that would be for our guest. I'll let you ask me three. I'll ask you three. Yep. And then we'll... Uh, <laughs> Hopefully we won't be too uh, toasty <laughs> by then, and, and we'll get out of here and continue on our day. So we'll be right back. Stay with us. Thank you. Welcome back, everyone. Thank you for so listening. Good yeah. job. <laughs> <laughs> we, uh, I promise that we didn't drink too much uh, bourbon during that break. No. Too uh, much is impossible. 
But we are going to be drinking uh, our Castelline Kolsch there through this little session here. Uh, this was the first beard that Cabin Boys actually put into a tank. Really? Uh, yeah. First so ever? This is technically the oldest recipe that I have at the brewery, which mm. is really cool. Um, and we celebrated it uh, when we when it came out of the tank because it actually tasted good. I'm laughing because I thought about being a complete dick and taking a sip and being like, <laughs> but I wouldn't have been, I didn't want to clean it up afterwards. So I decided not to, but if you notice, I laughed mid sip there. Yeah. Uh, mm. This, this style of beer is really, I love a Kolsch. Yeah. It's uh, it's the perfect lawn mowing beer. Uh, it's golf, golf, lawn mowing on the lake, yeah. which am I weird that I like yard work? Uh, I actually enjoy it. That's fine. I yeah. understand why people like it. I don't. And I, I'm I, not. I yeah. hire someone to do that. You know, <laughs> I don't judge you for that. I don't judge you at all for that. I know and understand myself, and I really want to be happy. <laughs> <laughs> Fair. All right. So let's start the six pack of questions, and I'm going to go first because it pertains to what we just opened. Um, why beer? So why beer? Uh, I started brewing beer at my house because my wife basically forced me into a hobby and uh, you have to do something yeah my my wife's name is lisa mcelroy and she is actually extremely art, talented yeah, yeah she's our art director and marketer for the company she is actually now the president Ooh, uh, big title yeah big title uh that means that she's basically the boss and tells me what to do so and rightfully so like home really like work it's, yeah. it's the same thing yeah. uh but going back to the question um a friend and I uh, started this hobby, um, like everyone in our garage, actually it was on the stovetop back then. We made awesome. a couple of gallons of beer together. Uh, the first recipe that I made on the stovetop was a honey brown ale. Ooh. And we were just excited that it was drinkable. And then we thought that it was actually really good. Mm -hmm. Let me tell you, folks, it probably was not. I was going to ask, <laughs> was that the genesis for the brown ale that you made for White Lion? Uh, no, actually, the the brown uh, that we made for the white lion came out. And that was of, not question two. No, that's, that's all right. Yeah. Uh, that came from a whole different other research project um, and, and has its own story. But uh, we fell in love with brewing beer like everyone else. Um, and at that time uh, in America, there was only about 2,400 uh, breweries opened at the time. Oh, that has ballooned since then. Yeah, so yeah. Oklahoma uh, had seven or six mm. breweries at the time when we started homebrewing. So the, the wild ideas of opening up a business around beer was uh, very advantageous and at the right time. Um, it did take us about three years to actually take action on opening that business. Mm. But before that, um, when, we, when we decided to open up the business um, and actually get things on the ground running, we made a decision that we didn't want to just go into commercial brewing without any kind of real experience because that's one, the, the brewing industry is really dangerous. Mm. You're working with a lot of different chemicals. You're that's working with really yeah. big tanks. You could um, you know, destroy your company financially before you even start. So uh, so I got accepted into the World Brewing Academy, which is Siebel Institute of Technology and Duman's Academy uh, in Munich, Germany. Um, and so I graduated as a master brewer there and then 
That's awesome. My my beer journey began. It's really cool to me that you guys and and Eric Marshall, you know, the the grandfather of craft beer in yeah, Tulsa. Yeah, I like to call him the Godfather. The Godfather, yeah. grandfather. Uh, you know what? I made you sound really old, Eric, and I apologize. You're <laughs> not a grandfather. We'll go Godfather. You know, your actual physical locations are so close. Yeah. You know, probably what? 200 yards, 250 yards away at most. at most, but you also share the German bond right? Yeah. Of, of learning to brew beer and, and stuff over there. That That's a cool just kind of through line between the two. It is. And I think that that really comes from our schooling really yeah. and our desire yeah. to make those kinds of beers. But it's really cool because they, they make completely different German beers than us. Now we both have Pilsners and Hellas's and this, that, and the other. But that's the one beauty about craft beer is, you know, breweries 200 feet apart can brew the same style of yeah. beer and it can taste completely different. Totally different. So we have our own blood within the the liquid um, that makes it different. Ew. I don't actually bleed into the beer. <laughs> um, uh, but yeah, so that's a that's a really cool thing about uh, this industry. That is. All right. You want to ask a question now or you want me to keep going? I, I can ask a question. All right, so what's up? Uh, what made you get into marketing and being uh, on air and uh, wanting to be in front of a camera? And how is that going to pertain to your story within Tulsa? That's an awesome question. Um, so the easy answer is my dad. Um, he still does it. He does it for NBC and for NFL Network occasionally, but mainly NBC. Um, does Olympics and horse racing and all that stuff. And he's you know, like this desk here, he's the one you see, like Kentucky Derby and Breeders' Cup and all the big horse races on NBC. I've um, always wanted to go to one. Oh, it's so much fun. If this I, podcast I to, gets big enough, maybe we can do a live edition <laughs> from the Kentucky Derby. <laughs> you know, they have we that like... riding horses as we oh. record it? So I have a near-death experience on a horse. It, oh. did, it did not scar me from horseback riding, but I would just it, be extra careful. Right. But I was a kid. It didn't count. Sure. I'll tell you a quick story. I was, it was at Oakland Park in Hot Springs, Arkansas, and it was in the morning. I love to go in the morning and watch the horses exercise because, like, you know, sun's rising. You see their breath if it's a chilly morning. You hear them. It's just a really cool, almost like cathartic experience for me at least. Yeah. And so we did that when I was growing up, and we went into the Outriders barn, little stable off the track. And the Outriders, the person who's on the horse, and that horse is trained, and the Outriders trained, but the horse is too to – if a horse that's warming up loses its jockey or whatever, it goes to stop the horse. Like it goes, runs up next to the horse, the guy grabs the reins and they, you know, save the horse from running into something or whatever. And so my dad knew the outrider at Oaklawn. He was like, a, I think the GM or something at the time. And so my dad and the outrider are standing next to the horse in the barn and the outrider picks me up and puts me on the horse, like just to sit. And mm -hmm. I was probably six seven oh okay maybe so you were small i was small and while i'm on the horse in front of the little outriders barn a horse bucks and loses its jockey and takes off and that horse is trained to, to go take off. so i'm just sitting there and luckily i had a hold of the rein in one hand and that horse just boom just takes off and i'm thoroughbred right i'm freaking Pat day on this horse. I'm just like, come on, like you know. But I'm I'm holding its neck at this point because I don't want to fall off. I don't right. know how fast I'm going. And You're another outrider had to first pounds. come save me before it went to save the other horse. But I was fine. But it was a harrowing yeah. experience to say the least. Um, oh my word! 
Pittsburgh. All that to say, yes, we should go to the Kentucky Derby. Yeah, absolutely. Right on. Um, but yeah, so that got me into seeing that. You know, my dad did that when I was growing up for the most part. Um, got me into television and also got me out of television in a weird way. Okay. Because growing up, I saw how many life events he was forced to miss. Sure. Because of work and because of having to go to these events, especially in sports. You can't adjust the calendar, right? Super right. Bowl you, is when the Super Bowl be, is, right? Yeah, you got to be where it is. And I knew eventually that wasn't going to work for me. Right. And so I, I realized that it was pretty immature of me to keep doing the job just to get a paycheck while I'm single when I know it's not going to be the answer long term. So I figured I should go ahead and get myself established doing something else before family comes around, sure. you know? And so that got me out of it. And then because of that experience of live production, being on camera, understanding the ins and outs of it. Um, Cause we, I mean, I was sports director at channel eight, but I was also a photographer and editor and writer. And I mean, like you do all these different jobs, you know, yeah, a lot like in the brewing world. Right. Yeah. Um, so that kind of led me here to Grassfire Creative. It's four partners. We each had our own businesses, each had our own specialty, but it's all kind of under the marketing and content creation umbrella. And so it just, it kind of fit and it worked and That's how awesome. it, how it, pertains going forward to Tulsa I don't know and that's cool and I'm, I'm okay with that like yeah. I don't I don't know you know I don't know that's great but we'll see I think I think yeah. that this might be a start very very well could be yeah. yeah very well could be okay question two for me why do you look like Seth Rogen <laughs> come on you get that like every day right uh I have averaged it out. I've actually counted this before. <laughs> and uh, if Seth Rogen is out there and actually listens to this podcast, can we be friends? Uh, <laughs> that picture would break the internet. Yeah, I, I get asked about seven to ten times a month. I've actually been asked for an autograph. I have before. a story for you that I'll tell yeah. you when you're done with this. I was driving a car in uh, Arkansas, uh, Fayetteville. And just driving down the road, and a gaggle of girls like freaked out and were like waving to me. And I, I waved of back. Girls. Yeah. Okay. And I waved back, and they were like freaking out. And I, I was like, why, why are they freaking out? And then one of them was like, we love you, Seth Rogen. Oh, and gosh. I was like, they really thought that they just yeah. saw Seth Rogen. It's so a big day for them. It was a big day for them. It was kind of embarrassing for me, although. I mean, it kind of made me feel good. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, So I think it's more of a compliment <laughs> now that he's lost weight. Right. Yeah. Right. And Before, thank you, Seth Rogen, yeah. out there for, for doing that. And I'm not throwing shade at you, Seth. No, but absolutely not. Big Seth Rogen, you might not want to be compared to. It's like, well, yeah. look, I look better than he does. Like, come on. Well, but, and it actually has uh, made me a Seth Rogen fan. Yeah. Because so many people have said that name to me, and I, I actually seek out his, his movies now. And uh, not that I'm trying to imitate him or anything like that, but I have actually heard myself sound like him before. It's really weird. That's funny. Uh, so the story, at your um, St. Patrick's Day party, 2020, I believe it was. Okay. 2020? Uh, when we played yeah, Cornhole. Well, 2020 St. Patty's Day. Or was it this year? Was it March this year? It was this year. Okay. It was 2021. Yeah, um, yeah I don't think we did one 2020. I'm or was remember. that the very last thing before everything shut down? That was that was the yeah. last. Yeah. So the event. one I'm talking about, yeah, the story yeah. was from 2021. Yeah. So we ended up playing Cornhole. But before I came to grab you to play Cornhole, someone that was in that group that I was standing with thought you were Seth Rogen. And... 
I didn't tell them otherwise. I was just like, oh, I'm going to go see if he wants to play cornhole. So I went over and grabbed you, and I'm like, I need a partner. Let's play cornhole. And so the entire time, the, the female that thought you were Seth Rogen is just over to the side, jaw on the ground, like, what is happening? Like, how is this happening? And I never told her any differently. And she didn't even come up to me. No, she was too starstruck. She was, she was scared. You're, you're such a big star. Oh, she was that, too that's starstruck. really funny. Oh, yeah. my word. That was a great party, though. That was a great party. Yeah. You threw a good party. Well, thank you very much. All right, you're up. Question two. All right. Um, so... What, what, uh, let's see, what is your favorite meal to eat and the favorite liquid to pair with it? Wow. Okay. I'm a foodie, first yeah. and foremost. This is kind of why the podcast. Yeah, was this is born. where it came from. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's origin. Um, okay, so I'll. You said the fancy word already, charcuterie. I did say charcuterie, but, you know. So I have. I've gotten into making my own barbecue lately. Ooh, yeah. Yeah, it's fun for me. And I have a Pits and Spits, shout out, uh, sponsor, please, stick burner, <laughs> uh, smoker in the backyard, big one. And so throwing a brisket on or pulled pork or ribs or something, no, it doesn't matter what it is, but pairing it with not necessarily dry fly, but a little bourbon. You know, right it's on. last time I did a brisket, I think it took 13 hours. Yeah. 13 hours man, to, to a, smoke. Man, since, uh, so a plug for 1907. Oh, I love Justin right, in 1907. Right in yeah. front of our brewery. Uh, it's amazing to watch him try to make, well, not try, succeed at making some of the best barbecue in the world. It's a it labor take, of it's love, man. It's a labor man. of love. Yeah. He has a cot in his trailer, and he'll sleep most of the nights at our brewery. Yeah. Uh, it is not it's not fun to watch. <laughs> no. And it's honestly, it's not fun to do. Right. Because in the moment, like if you're doing it overnight or like uh, two weekends ago, I got up at 4.30 to start a fire and put a brisket on at five so that Dang. it would be ready by dinner time that night. Because I had people coming over for a fantasy football draft. And so I was like, okay, I'll make brisket. Yeah. Uh, bad decision. Because by... 1 p.m. I felt like it was 10 p.m. on a normal day. I was just like, God, because, you know, I had friends in town from Denver. Not like I could go to bed at a decent yeah, hour. No. You know, I think I got three hours of sleep and then oh, it was up word. and yeah. a three hour nap and then up to. And you yeah. said that this was a couple of weeks ago. Yeah. yeah. So it wasn't uh, it wasn't cool either. Oh, no, no. This is hot weather. Yeah. Yeah. It was brutal. <laughs> the good thing about a smoker is you keep it relatively low heat. It's sure. not like a grill, like a hasty bake. Shout out. Hasty Bake, yeah. Richard's the man. Um, They're right know, down the road from us. I, I love Hasty Bake, I do. Um, but anyway, so it's it's fun to an extent. Like it's, again, it's cathartic. I've used that word twice now. But it's, yeah. you know, sitting in a folding chair, sipping whiskey as the sun comes up, which you just have to do. Yeah. You know, it doesn't matter what time it is. When you're barbecuing, you're, you're having some whiskey, some bourbon, a beer, or something. Um, and just kind of hearing the birds and hanging out. Like yeah. it, it's... Well, one of it's the, fun, yeah. One of in the, a weird way. One of the cool things that I love about barbecue um, is that, uh, and kind of drawing it back to what, why I'm so passionate about our own space and uh, the area that we've created as breweries in Tulsa, is barbecue really encourages that backyard community feel mm -hmm. and just makes anytime barbecue is on the table. It's kind of like when, when everyone gets together, everyone sighs at the same time. 
yeah. because they know that this is going to be great. There's nothing better than the first bite of something that you've spent an inordinate amount of time right. preparing, and there's no words. Exactly. It's the bite, and you get the, mm, like yeah. that. And it's just like, okay, <laughs> like that was, that was cool. That was worth it. Like right that on. was worth it. Oh, I think that, that was a, that's, that's a pretty good answer. Well, thank you. Uh, yeah. Before we go the last question each, do we want to go ahead and open your quad? Absolutely. And I'm going to warn you, I'm not a huge Belgian beer fan. That's fine. Okay. I'm, I'm not I'll scared. let you open. I'll let you I'm not scared. It. Yeah. And I don't know what it is. You would know more than me, like if I sure. explained it, but it's something about the, again, I'm not a brewer, so this word probably isn't going to work, but the raisiny nature, like I, I get raisin flavor oh, or yeah. like something like that. And mm-hmm. it's, I'm more of a crisp, like Kolsch you're IPA. A, you're a crispy boy. I'm a crispy boy. I'm, hey, I'm a crispy boy too. Yeah. But you make a lot of Belgian beer. Yeah. So um, at, at our brewery, which is just kind of flabbergasting to ourselves, um, because so the the Castellan Kolsch and the Bearded Theologian are our two main brands at the brewery, which is just so ironic. They're so and, different and so different. Yeah. Um, when I tell people from other states and other cities that those are our two main brands within within our brewery, they uh, kind of jaw hits the ground and they're like. Really, a quad? How, do you a quad? Do that? Yeah. How, how is that happening? And then I tell them, quite literally, Tulsa's weird and likes yeah. interesting stuff. So um, your question was, why? what is in a Belgian-style beer that... I mean, I guess. You... It, that wasn't my third question for oh, you. Oh, but okay. it was... <laughs> I said, you would know more than me why, if I like IPAs and... Kolsch's and lagers and pilsners. Why I don't like yeah. so, so Belgian si- beers. Side path on 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 this uh, topic here. Uh, the reason why Belgian beers are sometimes polarizing with people is because the ester is driven from the yeast, um, and it's going to really uh, present all of the malt uh, that's being used within within the beer. Mm. Um, so that's why we get a lot of raisin, cinnamon, date. Because okay. we use those kinds of malts within the within this beer, um, but the yeast strain is really uh, ester driven, which is going to pull out a lot of clove and um, push out pepper notes and baking spices and stuff like okay. that. So that's that's truly why people get polarized on Belgian styles. So could it be considered like a dessert beer? Like would it this pair is certainly yeah a with cakes style. and uh, tarts and whatever yeah. else you want to make? Usually yeah. when we when we do like a beer mm. dinner or whatnot with with a restaurant around town, um, they will try to pair this with like ice cream okay. or uh, or like a peach uh, parfait or something like that because the you want with a quad you really want a light style dessert with this because you don't want too heavy right, together right. so. It's been really fun seeing what people come up with uh, to present this beer with dessert, um, but you're correct. Interesting. This, okay. is, this is a finisher. So my third question for you, and then we'll wrap up after your third question for me, is if you weren't brewing beer, what would you be doing? Uh, I would be playing golf. Um, okay. So Guess what I'm doing later today? <laughs> playing golf. There you go. Right on. Uh, so... Uh, Golf was actually my first profession. I didn't know this. Yeah, so I'm uh, learning something new today. <laughs> yeah, what's uh, your handicap? So, uh, I don't know. Are right you a now. plus? 
Uh, no, I'm not a plus okay. anymore. Okay. I'm, anymore? So you were. Yeah, I was. You were that good. I was, some would say. No, you can brag on yourself. It's okay. <laughs> you were that good. Yeah, I was that good. Damn. So we, uh, I, I went to college for golf and played for two different schools and then went to the PGA, PGM program side of things. No shit. Had um, my temporary PGA card through that. Not not a playing uh, card, right. but um, I've played, oh goodness, probably 700 tournaments in my life. No kidding. Yeah, so... Uh, wow, so I'm I would flabbergasted. I right would now. love to be a professional golfer, though I don't think that that's going to happen anymore. I, I uh, strangely, how old I, are you? Uh, Thirty-two. You got eighteen years to prep for the senior tour. That's fair, uh, but funny enough, uh, once once I started brewing beer, I actually got better for a little bit. Um, okay, uh, and started the company. My my average strokes went down probably two strokes. Um, I would say my handicaps probably. On a municipal golf course, probably two or three. <laughs> Fuck you! Uh, <laughs> Get out of here! Get out of here! Now, what if is I was that? playing, Come which uh, I'm, I'm uh, have the opportunity and wonderful uh, experience to uh, play Southern Hills. Uh, Ooh, when for is the that? Very first time next week. Who I are you think? playing with? Can you name drop? I can name drop Kevin Marshall. Nice. He has been, and I've met him through the brewery and through a lot of other different ways. But, um, now is that a Marshall? No, not uh, Marshall. Okay. Yeah. Um, so we, I, a a friend and I from college played a golf tournament out at the Patriot because the brewery, uh, was sponsoring it and it was, uh, and we actually won. We shot. Of course you did. You're a two (laughs) handicap, dude. Well, you know, I mean, it's when that was, I think that that was the third time I played golf that year. So, but But we shot. Here's what I've learned and not to interrupt you. It doesn't matter. Once you're, once you're good and you're good, good, and you have the basis in the, that's fair. You know, you like, you know what you're doing. I've put 10,000 hours onto the driving range. So, and once you, once you know, like, cause here's where I'm at in my golf game, I'm probably, on a good day, I can shoot mid to low 80s. Okay. So I'm, I can get around the course. Sure. But if these are involved, like <laughs> around hole 13, it all boom. goes down. Yeah. yeah. But that it's weird. Sense. No matter if I'm on the driving range or not, it takes me three or four holes Yeah. to like mm-hmm. get right. And so yep. five through 12, I'm like two over par, three over par. But yeah. the rest of the time, it's yeah. doubles and bogeys. Well, and we, we, we can work this out. Yeah, well, we, yes. Let's go play. We're going to go play for sure. But what, <laughs> but what I was getting at was that like it doesn't matter if someone that um, is that good, sure, takes a break and then comes back. Like it's it's like riding a bike. Like you because if I'm if I do a swing and I'm like oh I'm I'm late. Like I was I was late in that. Right. I don't know how to fix it. I just know that I was late. Right. Like I can feel it, but I don't know how to fix it. Yeah. But you and when you have that skill set and that background yeah like you feel it but you also know how to fix it yeah that that that's the difference that is true yeah uh i think my goal with golf at some point in my lifetime i've told lisa this uh i probably will become a coach at some point coach me first let me be your guinea pig and then we'll go from there there we go i've I've had many guinea pigs and i've I've helped a lot of people i'm really excited for this guys (laughs) This is a nice perk of the podcast. I wasn't, I wasn't ready for this, but free, okay. Free golf lessons. All right, last question, and then we'll get out of here. Yeah. What do you got? Um, 
Let's see. I'm kind of putting you on the spot. I, I, you're, you're fine. Yeah. Uh, last question for you. Where? No, not where. I, I didn't. I, I thought out my two first questions so well, and I didn't get to a third. <laughs> I mean, you could just let me off the hook and not have a third question, or you could just come up with one. Um. So going back to what this podcast is yep. all about, um, where do you see Tulsa going within the next five years? I'm I'm hitting him with some hard questions. Yeah, people. yours are deep. Mine are like stupid and fun. No, I love it. Um, okay, and that's good. I think that is a great preview for the type of questions we're going to ask guests. Like the yeah. next guest we have on, it'll be close to Halloween. I'll be like, "You like candy corn?" And you'll be like, "So, let's go back to your childhood." And you're, the, and I'm like, oh, "What on. is your business plan right. for?" Um, where do I see Tulsa in five years? Well, that's a great. I don't know how to answer that because five years ago I wouldn't have seen Tulsa where it's at now. So, I'll say I I see marijuana being legalized, both recreational in addition to medicinal. Yeah. It's so, wild where... Be, just because of the money. Yeah. It's just wild because where of the money. Oklahoma yeah. has been. I, I just came back from Denver and was having conversations uh, with people down there. How was there. the Craft Brewers Conference? Oh, it was really great. Yeah. Uh, the Craft Brewers Conference is the uh, largest gathering of brewers in the world, um, and we meet in a random city uh, every year and have seminars and stuff, and it's a really great networking experience. But... The, the people were really flabbergasted that Oklahoma is actually easier yeah. and more open to marijuana use. If you're listening to this and you're outside of Tulsa, what I'm about to say doesn't make sense, but it blows my mind that there are now more dispensaries than churches, like on corners. Like you used to drive around, you'd be like, oh, a church, a church, a church. Yeah. Now it's like dispensary, 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 dispensary. Yeah, it's, like, Holy it's cow. really wild. Yeah. The, the landscape has uh, changed within right. Tulsa and Oklahoma. So I see, I see that changing, if you will. Like mm -hmm. I see now, I don't know what the state does with the revenue from that. Sure. I don't know how that's, you know, played forward or, or whatever, but I see it being recreational in addition to Maybe we could get medicinal. Dynam on here and ask him that question. That's one of my goals. That's who I want to get on for the first official episode. See sure. if we can, see if we can grab mine and that would be fun. Um, I see the food and nightlife and libation scene continuing to grow. I don't know how many more breweries we need. I don't anything like that, but I think more growth from a national perception. Like you right. see, and I'm, I'm going to forget the guy's name, but you see the guy that owns Anvil down in Houston a couple mm -hmm. years ago was at Tales of the Cocktail in New Orleans, and he won for he won some award or he was presenting sure. or he was lifetime achievement something like that because the dude's a fucking stud. And in his speech or whatever it was. He mentioned that, you know, get off the beaten path, you know, go off the highway. And he said, and I quote, go to Tulsa fucking Oklahoma. He was like, <laughs> he said, Valkyrie, Hodges. He said, you will have some of the best cocktails you could ever have, not just in Oklahoma, not just in Tulsa, but in yeah. the country, right there in a little city that no one really knows about. Right. right. Well, and we're really spoiled by both of those oh, uh, yeah. places. Aaron and Noah are just... Because I, yeah. I I've been to um, places like Chicago, uh, Boston, uh, Portland, Maine, and there's great and, cocktails and there's there. Great cocktails. Uh, I haven't been to New York as an adult yet. 
uh, and which is a shame. Yeah, you need to do that. I went I, just I for know, speakeasies. Yeah, I don't know yeah. when we're going to be allowed to go back to New York. Fair. Uh, but anyways, uh, I always tell them, oh, yeah, we've got a couple of uh, top-ranking uh, uh, cocktail bars in Tulsa. And they're like, first off, where's Tulsa? And right. then second off, you have craft cocktails there? And I'm like, yeah, actually, uh, we we we've got a pretty dedicated uh, uh, craftsmanship of that. And then I tell them how much we have to pay for it. Right. And they're like, can I move to Oklahoma? No, stay away. <laughs> stay away. Just stay away. <laughs> stay away. But yeah, so I mean, that's kind of my answer. I, I see over the next five years, Tulsa getting closer to the national, not international, but the national perception of, say, Nashville or right. Austin, Austin, you know, something Portland. like that. Portland, yeah, sure. We're kind um, of a weird city, kind of like that. Yeah, I mean, we have, you know, great arts. We have great music. We have great food. We have great drinks. Let's talk about coffee, too. Good call. Yes. Holy smokes. Between Double Shot, Cirque, Triangle, Chimera, Help me, uh, 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 Topeka. Topeka. Um, I mean, it's even, just even places like Shades of Brown. Yeah, yeah. Uh, they, our coffee scene is honestly one of the best in the world, uh, and that's not a lie. No. Uh, <laughs> sorry, Denver. I'm gonna kind of mm, maybe throw a rock at you. Uh, I went to Denver. I have one coffee shop in Denver. Uh, yeah, Corvus. Okay. Did you go to I Corvus? Didn't, I didn't go there. Yeah, that's the best coffee shop. I didn't. I, I, it, to be fair, I didn't really have enough time to seek out the coffee scene. I was ma- mainly uh, seeking out beer. But uh, uh, oh, shock! Man, I was <laughs> I was so sad and yeah. very excited to come back to Tulsa just because of coffee. So next time, Corvus is really really good. Okay, there's a couple I'm, locations. There's I will one. Be corrected. There's one downtown. Um, there's one south on Broadway, and then there's one in like the DTC area, the Denver Transit yeah. Center, whatever that's called. Sure. All those offices. Um, that's worth it, though, to do cool. that. But you just opened my mind, too, so we can wrap it up with this. Like, we'll, you know, we'll take a week or two. We'll we'll find a guest list. And if you guys have any ideas or you want to be on the show or whatever, because yeah. we'll put it on our socials and all that. Eventually, we'll have, like, a YouTube channel and an Instagram page and all that stuff. Um, but, yeah, drop us comments or messages or whatever. Um, but I think getting Mayor Bynum on would be fun. But then we could get, you know, Brian from Double Shot, Chip from Topeka. Yeah. Like we could get even coffee. I didn't even Elliot mention Nelson coffee. from McNally. Yeah, I didn't even mention coffee when I was talking about, yeah. you know, tasting room. But have you ever done, like, an actual cupping, like a coffee? I did, like, a half one at Cirque. It's it's different. It's super different. Yeah, but that yeah. would be a cool experience with yeah. us doing that. Yeah, so we're, you know, people listening um, – we're really wanting to put some meat to this podcast um, so that it's not just two bros talking in front of a camera. Yes. Uh, we would love your uh, suggestions of topics and also guests that you want to for us to uh, interview um, because I think this will be a really great way to show yeah. not only the people within our neighborhood what Tulsa is all about, but also maybe outside of our borders and the region. I agree. And I just realized we should probably do a four pack of questions and not a six pack because nowadays breweries like to do four packs. Well, the, yes and no. Yeah. Uh, with the with COVID, actually, uh, people are gravitating more towards six packs, okay. 12 packs and 24 packs. I wonder why. <laughs> um, it goes back to, uh, you know, really just wanting to have enough uh, of the product that you yeah. like yeah. when you take it home. 
and don't have to go back to the store. That's um, fair. So the the landscape, even within the uh, craft brewing industry, is changing a lot now. For us, we can't necessarily uh, fiscally put it into six packs. There's that's that's a whole different conversation. But we'll get uh, there. Yeah, we have multiple episodes to go. Sure. Good job, buddy. Episode zero in the books. Uh, episode zero. Uh, Hope you guys like it yeah. and listen. Episode one will be coming soon. Again, drop us some comments, some notes, some messages, whatever. Any questions, ideas, guest ideas, whatever you want. And we'll uh, we'll see you in a, in a week or two. We'll, uh, we'll be back for episode one, the official first episode, right? Right on. All right. See you guys then. See you.